All right. Good morning, Team DLC, MCCMA, and all of the uh, supporters of the Level Up series. Uh, it's Gary Morris from Head Office, and I am absolutely thrilled to be hosting today's Level Up series. The, the gentleman joining me today is uh, someone who I have absolutely uh, been a disciple, a follower of since his early days. Um, his, his first book that I read was called The Greatness Guide, and it was given to me from a friend when I, I, I knew very little about Robin at that point, and it instantly uh, made a difference in my life and grabbed me and made me a loyal follower follower ever since. Uh, Mr. Robin Sharma uh, today is, is uh, if not the very best leadership expert globally in the world, he is a member of a very, very elite small group. Uh, he has sold more than 15 million books uh, worldwide uh, in almost 100 countries. Um, his work has been beloved and, and it has been embraced by rock stars and billionaires and elite CEOs and royalties and, you know, you know, countless celebrities. It has made uh, an impact in so many lives uh, globally. Some of Robin's best-selling books, um, you know, are, I think, you know, one of the ones uh, that I really liked early on was um, Who Will Cry When You Die? Uh, very introspective, very, very thought-provoking. Uh, the Leader Who Had No Title, I actually bought a hundred copies uh, when this first came out and sent it to every one of my leadership group uh, right across the country. Uh, it's still something that I give away constantly. I spoke of the greatness guide, uh, number one, and then number two, uh, if you want a book, a Bible that you can carry with you that will have a uh, just an immense impact on your life, I, I recommend these as, as two of the best books ever written. Uh, and then one that made him absolutely incredibly famous and, and launched him early, I think, was probably the monk who uh, sold his uh, Ferrari. Um, and then now he's been working incredibly hard on his uh, newest book just recently uh, uh, that has come out is the is the 5 a.m. Club. So we're going to talk a lot about that book today and some of the, the teachings and lessons in that book. It's funny because Robin has been quoted as saying the only happiness that lasts is the happiness that comes from giving and, and Robin does exactly that. Uh, here is the gentleman that not only talks the talk and teaches, you know, uh, the lessons, but actually walks the walk. And he has done that by the Robin Sharma Foundation for Children, which raises money and funds uh, and uses those for very worthy causes, uh, children causes. So if you would do me a favor um, and, and, and put your hands together and 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 tune in, uh, please. Just before you you uh, we jump into this, I just wanted to let you know that we are going to be giving away at least fifty of Robin's books today. So um, we're going to show you hashtags and and who you can tag in there, and of course all of my social media channels. Um, we're gonna you know give away at least fifty books today, and we can't wait. So comments, likes, uh, anything, uh, questions that maybe you'd like me to get to, please share on on stage. So with that, please help me welcome very graciously someone who is uh, incredibly influential in my life and the lives of millions of uh, people in this world, Mr. Robin Sharma. Robin, good afternoon. I, I assume you're you're in Toronto, are you? Or are you somewhere else that's... Uh... I'm, I, I am, and uh, that was one of the most generous introductions I think I've ever received. And it was a little painful <laughs> looking at all those images of myself in your introduction, but uh, Gary, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Let's uh, let's jump right in. So um, I want to talk to you about the 5 a.m. Uh, club and, and your latest book. But before I do, I would really love your perspective. I know, you know, that we all feel the same way. I mean, inside of the last nine or 10 months since the launch of uh, COVID-19, uh, there has been tremendous uncertainty and angst. And, you know, uh, obviously there's been, you know, uh, all sickness and doubt, death and save and accept all of that. You know, I've said to a lot of people that there's many, many silver linings and many blessings and many teaching and many, opp many opportunities. I'd love your perspective on that. Well, I, I think what makes a leader a leader and what makes a human a human is our ability to navigate difficulty. And I think all of us are a little heartbroken about our brothers and sisters on the planet that have suffered and um, so many have been sick. And yet I think it falls to us to find the rewards in, in, in crisis. And I think if you look back at history, you know this very well, Gary, but many of the great works of art were done during plagues. Many of the great scientific theories were arrived at during pandemics. And I think, you know, if we can train ourselves and steal ourselves to use this time to bring our magic to the world, to, to read more books, to pray more, meditate more, become stronger warriors and creative people. We can come out of this at a whole new level. And, and that's what I've done my best to do during these difficult times. Yeah. And uh, so let's jump right in. Um, you know, I read somewhere that it took you four years to write the 5 a.m. club. But as a disciple of you, I know many of the principles are the principles that you've been promoting and living uh, for many, many years. Maybe talk to us about the four years that it took to write uh, that book. Well, I think what a lot of entrepreneurs do, Gary, is they spend 80 percent of it. I don't know if we can keep you up on the screen. It would be helpful so because then it would look like we're having a conversation. Thank you. Um, you know, I think what a lot of entrepreneurs do is it's it's 80% of time on marketing and 20% of time on the product. And what I believe is if, you, if we could flip that equation and spend 80% of the time on the product and 20% of the time or even less on the marketing, I think we'd, we'd serve much better. And so what I tried to do with the 5M Club is make it the best piece of work I could possibly do. I, one of my favorite books is a book called uh, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. And I heard that he actually carried the manuscript around with him for four years just so he could make sure every, every word was right. And so, you know, no one knows how long we get to live. I, I, I pray I live a long life. I'm blessed to be very, very healthy, but thank you. You're, you're more than generous. But look, no one knows, especially now, no one knows. One thing we've learned through this pandemic is the world can change in a day. And so I think if it, it's really important to, when you're putting out some work, try to make it the best work you could possibly release. And so with the 5 a.m. club, I... I asked myself if that if this was the last book I was blessed to write, what would put in it, and I tried to make it the best piece of work that I could do, and it end it end up caught, uh, taking four years out of my life. Um, but you know, once I put down the pen that wrote that book, I, I write old school. I was a different person because really, it's not about I I don't think it's about whether the work is successful. I think it's it's what the process of releasing the work into the world makes of you 
as a craftsperson, that really is is the great value. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. I think the more you can sure. go to the rate, the the more you can go to razor edges of your craft right. when releasing some work, the more the work just transform transforms you. Yeah, and, and you you often talk about you know uh, what that look what that work looks like and when it starts and. You know, the 5 a.m. club, and we're going to talk about it today, is all about the 20, 20, 20, and the first hour of the day as being the most powerful and impactful. Uh, so why is the first hour of the day the most important hour of the day? Well, you know, I was having a conversation uh, with my father a few hours ago. He's 83 years old. He was a family <laughs> doctor in the community for 54 years, uh, and he's been a huge influence on my life. And we were actually talking about the early hours. And there's a word that came to me that I read about only a few months ago, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, but I believe it's called Brahma Murtha. And I understand it to mean, I believe it's Hindi or perhaps Sanskrit, but it's, it really speaks, to, it, it means time, the time, the best time of the day. And if you look at a lot of the ancient monks, a lot of the ancient sages, the seers, these people understood that between 3 and 6 a.m. is almost a magical time of the day. It's the time of greatest quietude. It's the time of greatest tranquility. And it's, a, it's the best time to work on yourself. And I would, I would bet that the ancients actually said because of the tides and the location of the moon and the sun, there was something special, almost mystical in the air. And if you look, Gary, at a lot of the great in, uh, business titans, you'll look at a lot of, the, I mean, t- uh, Tim Cook of, uh, of Apple, if Apple. You look at, yeah. right? If you look at uh, Howard Schultz of, of Starbucks, Starbucks, if you look at uh, Stephen King, if you look at Michelle Obama, if you look at many of the greatest poets and the greatest artists, many of them had this one thing in common. They rose at 5 a.m. So I, I, my late 20s, I became very intrigued with what is it, why do so many of the world's most successful people, most creative people rise before the sun? And the more I got into it, the more I realized it's, it's the quietest time of the day. If you look at a lot of the latest neuroscience, they actually say the brain has a mechanism that washes itself during your sleep. So when you wake up, it's almost as if the the toxicity of the brain has been cleansed. I think spiritually, you're sleeping, you're dreaming, but you're also releasing the residue of the previous day while you sleep. And so when you wake up at, at dawn, it, your, your meditation is so much more powerful. Your, yeah. your auto-suggestion goes so much deeper. Your reading of the holy books or the great autobiographies or the stories of, of, of great achievement touches your heart more deeply. You writing in a journal has more impact. And so I wrote the 5 a.m. club to, to offer a methodology, not only for elite performers, but for people who wanted to live a wiser life, uh, a more substantial life, and to learn the power of using 5 to 6 a.m. to make yourself into a better leader, a better performer, and a better human being. 
Yeah, that's just absolutely beautiful. You know, you've said small changes lead to giant consequences in life. And you you talk about that first hour of the day in terms of the 2020-20. I would love if you could break down the 2020-20 uh, for all of our uh, viewers. Sure. So I, I think the starting point is a little bit of context. And the Spartan warriors say it really well. I mean, you probably know, but the Spartan warriors among the strongest humans who have ever graced the planet and um you know these people trained in hard winters with very little clothes their mothers used to say uh come back victorious or come back on a shield otherwise don't come back and um <laughs> it's, a, it's a great wow. way to think it's a great way to think in this world right now of not only the the pandemic, but the economic volatility, the climate change. I mean, these are these are fascinating times. Yet, these are times that warriors and heroes are made of. You know, I mean, great heroes are emerge not during sunny seasons, but during times of acute disruption and trouble. Mm -hmm. This this time we're in is the greatest time of our lives for us to show who we truly are or to become who we truly are. So the Spartan warriors, Gary, they used to say, sweat more in training and you'll bleed less in war. Yeah, I well, love that. Well, we're in a war right now. We're in a war against a virus. We're in a war against disruption. We're in a war against negativity. We're in a war against volatility. And yet so many of us wake up and expect us to be strong during the day. Well, in all the billionaires I've mentored and NBA stars and NHL players, and these people all understood that the caliber of your performance comes down to the quality of your training. And I'm gonna repeat that again, so because I think it's so important. Mm, the caliber, yeah. if you look at a great athlete, and I've, I've worked with many, these people understand that the caliber of your performance comes down to the quality of your training or your practice. So 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the 5 a.m. club book, I call it the victory hour. That's your training ground. Mm -hmm. And you don't just work on your mindset. Everyone's talking about mindset, but in the 5 a.m. club, I introduce the four interior empires, mindset, heart set, health set, and soul set, because it never felt right to me when people said, work on your mindset, work on your positivity. Of course, your belief system is incredibly important, but do we not have more than a psychology as human beings? Do, do we not have hearts? Well, that's our emotionality. And I'd love to talk to you about heart set. And then do we not have a body that needs to be optimized and fed well and rested well and hydrated? Well, yes. So we have a, a health set, but it's not just mindset, heart set and health set. Do we not have spirits? Do, do we not have an inner core of wisdom that whispers how a wise woman or man lives? Well, that's our soul set. And so I think those from five to six, I talked about it in the book, that's the best time of the day right. because it's so quiet to work on those four interior empires. And um, yeah, so if you still want me to get into the 2020 formula, essentially, <laughs> from from five to five twenty, you work on your um, 
that's the first pocket where you uh, where you uh, where you move. Sweaty exercise, as you put it. It's sweaty exercise because the science says if you sweat first thing in the morning through burpees, planks, spinning, running, skipping, you're going to release this. It's almost a miraculous, let's call it a neurochemical. It's called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And and I don't want to bore you, but BDNF actually – promotes neurogenesis, which means that you grow new brain cells. It ag- BDNF actually repairs brain cells damaged by stress. BDNF actually promotes uh, accelerated thinking. You'll also release dopamine, the inspirational neurotransmitter. So even if you're going through a hard time mm-hmm. on the planet right now, you feel stronger. You, s- you sweat first thing in the morning through spinning or running or, or exercise. You'll release serotonin, which makes you feel it's the pleasure neurotransmitter. How valuable is that? Uh, set, then it's 520, you feel fundamentally different. Second part of the 2020 formula I talk about in the book is about uh, reflection. Well, a lot of us were reacting, we're not reflecting, but when you reflect, then you're more intentional in your day. Mm. So you can pray, meditate, journal. I go into it all in the book. The final part of the 2020 formula, Final 20 minutes, 5.40 to 6 o'clock. This is when you grow. Well, when I mentor the billionaires, when I work with the best of the best, these people, and, and Gary, I know you're the, you are one of the fine examples of this. If, if one of the danger, greatest dangers of success is not failure, it's apathy. Mm. And it's and it's arrogance. Mm. You know, nothing fails like success because when you're most successful, mm. you're most vulnerable. Because then exactly. you go, you, you fall in love with your entrenched beliefs. You say, I don't need to show up on a podcast. I don't need to take an online course. I don't need to read a new book. I don't need a new mentor. I don't need to challenge myself. Mm. And and a business that thinks like that and a person that thinks like that is on the path to obsolescence. So 5.40 to 6 o'clock is when you read, when you study, when you develop your, you maintain your white belt mentality. It, you, you listen to a podcast, you listen to an audiobook, you go through your battle notes in, in your game charts, 6 o'clock in the morning. If you do this even five times a week, you become a force of nature that is completely unbeatable. Wow. I just absolutely just so powerful. I couldn't agree more. I often say to people, you know, the more successful you become, the more vulnerable we become because you stop doing the very things that got you there. And all of a sudden you start walking with a swag and, and walking with a swag is, is nothing but pure destruction. So, and it's funny, Robin, because out of all the amazing guests that I've had, anyone who has had genuine success in their life, they all encompass, you know, what you just shared, right? It's, you know, the old saying, you're not, you're not living until you're giving and, and you're an extraordinary example. Talk to me about, I love the term. Talk to me about digital dementia and, and the impact that that has on our lives today. Well, long story short, my friend, you can change the world or you can play with your phone. You can't do both. Hmm. So I've studied genius for a quarter of a century. And one of, um, 
the great traits of genius is all geniuses had a place to go where the world could, could not find them. Andrew Wyeth, the great American artist, mm -hmm. retreated from New York City at the height of his fame to Cushing, to, to, uh, Cushing Maine and Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, this farm. Um, J.D. Salinger. Uh, mm. Catcher in the Rye. One of my favorite books. Yeah, mine too. Catcher in the Rye. He, uh, he at the height of his, his fame, left the world and went to uh, New Hampshire and lived in the woods. And we could just go on and on, but when you, you can be in the world or in the wilderness, but if you want to produce masterwork, you, you need to leave society even for a few hours every day. And in the 5 a.m. Club book, I talk about it. I talk mm -hmm. about your Menlo Park, which is the place you right. go to get away from the world. If a lot of your, your, your followers must be interested in neuroscience very quickly. Mm -hmm. There's a term called transient hypofrontality. See, the neocortex is the seat of reasoning, but it's also the, the seat of our mental critic. You can't do your dreams. You can't be a visionary. You must follow the crowd. You will fail. Mm. But beyond the neocortex, we can get into a state of flow. And people are talking a lot about this state of flow. It actually comes from uh, a, a psychologist named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi of the University of Chicago. And when we get into the woods, so to speak, or away from digital distraction, or away from the operations of our business, and we literally get into solitary confinement, and this is why the pandemic can be used to serve us. Because we're not on planes, we're away from our usual meetings, we're not in the world. And so we have a choice, we can complain and 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 wish for for the way the world was mm. or we can sh reach into ourselves and find our heroism and say okay why has i don't think life shows up for failure i think life shows up for our favor and we can we can find the use this time of quietude to drop into this flow state and produce our best work. And so what I'm saying is it's really important for at least five hours a day to get away from digital devices and do real work versus fake work. Because if you've got notifications on and you're addicted, if, if social media is your heroine and every evening you're just surfing online, you're missing one of the most glorious opportunities we will ever have in our lives to produce our Sistine Chapel ceiling. Mm. Absolutely love it. And it's funny because we are just absolutely engulfed in, in digital distraction these days. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, dear friend of mine, Darren Hardy, who we've had on the program before, you know, just says like the power of absolutely unplugging, giving yourself the gift of concentration. And I know you speak of it, Robin, is so incredibly powerful. And, you know, it leads me to my next question because all change is hard. And I love the way you, you know, term it, you go, Gary, change is hard. It's very, very hard at first for, for, for most of us. It's incredibly messy in the, in the middle. It doesn't get much easier, but it is gorgeous or glorious in the end. And I would, I would love for you just to speak on that a little bit, because I've said to people for a lot of years, you know, 
I traveled 130, 140 days a year all over the country, you know, building this. And it was, I was, it was a relentless effort and, you know, it was a sacrifice that we made and we, you know, it, I look back and it was glorious. I didn't necessarily love traveling 130, 140 days a year, but I love being number one. I love what it gave me. Right. So, you know, I look at the glory at the end and the glory that we're living and the ability to share. And, and I know that is your ethos. So maybe talk about that being hard in the middle, or sorry, yeah, hard to begin with and messy in the middle. Well, I, I think world-class productivity and planet-class mastery is built around hugging your monsters versus doing what's easy. Right, beautiful. <clears throat> right, so, so our society says, live a life of ease. You know, w watch fun videos every night, play with your <laughs> phone, true. right? Be on social media, look at other people's abs or or vacation pics, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we so many of us want the rewards of world class, but we're not willing to participate in the requirements of world class. Mm. I would take a bullet for the idea that every single one of your thousands and thousands and thousands of followers right now could do even more amazing things, become heroic in their lives, produce work that is monumental and stands the test of time, be great family people and great public servants. What, what often happens though is we don't do the things required to materialize our greatness. And one of the most important things and you're speaking to it is, it, it's not pursue a life of easiness because there's very little payoff there. Mm. Everything that is hard, usually usually that which is most hard is that which is most valuable. Right. It's working through the hard times in a relationship that creates greater intimacy. It's using a hard time in life, like right now, what we're all going through. The collective trauma we are all facing as brothers and sisters on a planet going through a pandemic. Mm. And and exploiting the pain we feel to become as a purification, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. It's doing the workouts so we become stronger. It's reading the difficult books watch versus watching the easy TV shows. It's starting the business that will test us and require our patience. It's when we're on the ground and we feel like giving up and we're bloodied and we've been laughed at or life has cut, you know, cut us from, cut us down. It's using that time. So in the 5M club, I, there's a brain tattoo. It's all change is hard at first. It's messy in the middle and it's beautiful at the end. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and that really applies in that context. In the book, I was talking about the early rising habit. It's hard at first because it's like, I don't know if you ski or play tennis or play chess, but of mm. course, any, any new skill is hard. People go, oh, whoa, getting up at 5 a.m. is hard. You know, starting a new romance can be hard if, if there's, you know, incompatibility. Starting a new business is hard. Yes, it's meant to be hard because it's a new skill. Right. But if you stay with it because persistency is a gateway into mastery, what's hard becomes in the middle. All change is hard at first. It's messy in the middle. It's like a home renovation. You're tearing down the old structures, but you're installing new ones. So 
Right. You got to stay with it. And then it's gorgeous at the end. And, and that line is based on the research of University College London that says it takes 66 days of daily practice to get to the point of automaticity where the new skill becomes easier than the old skill. So anyone who's who's watching who says, oh, I can't get up at 5 a.m. I can't do the victory hour in the 2020-20 formula that I walk people through in greater detail in the book to increase your creativity, productivity, performance, and impact on humanity, you, you can do it because human beings are built to change. We've got neuroplasticity. It's just we don't stay with the process long enough, 66 days, right. to, the point, to the point researchers call automaticity, where it actually is easier to get up at 5 a.m. than stay in that warm, comfy, <laughs> yeah. w- wonderful bed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, I often say fear does not stop. Uh, sorry, fear does not stop uh, death. Fear stops life. And and you talk about uh, this. You just said it. And I've heard other other um, other authors and speakers uh, just say exactly what you just said. And they, it's embrace the suffering. You know, here's what I can promise you. Nothing is easy. Right. But where, you know, where it's not easy is the greatest reward. So uh, very, very powerful, Robin. Thank you. I, I love that description. So, Robin, you just keep doing it over and over and over. I mean, every one of your books is a bestseller, but this 5 a.m. club is crazy. I mean, it's I think it's I think it's now one of the one of the if not the best one of the best selling, you know, books in the world right now. Like, what is it? What, what's like, why do you think it's resonating so much? Um, well, I'd say tactically the book, the book has neuroscience and it has philosophy and it has methodology. So, and the ideas work and they're based Mm -hmm. on science and they're based on my 25 years in the trenches with one of the most successful people in the world. I think people like the fact that it's written in a story with these quirky characters, you know, Mr. Riley, this eccentric, eclectic wonderful billionaire and the spellbinder. So I think the story in, engages people and hopefully takes them on a roller coaster ride of emotions. I think the book, um, you know, I, I wrote the book with love. I, 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 mm. I do my best, Gary. I'm, I'm far from perfect. I'm a, I'm a flawed human being. Right. Uh, you know, I don't have, not every day is, is an easy day or a good day. Because I'm a human being. I think if you're alive and intimate with your emotions, you can feel inspiration in the morning and you can feel boredom at three o'clock. That's why I think this idea about heart set is so important. Because positive thinking is incredibly important. But Mm. if you're in pain right now, if you're suffering right now, if you're anxious right now, if you're terrified right now, then the prescription of positive thinking is going to put you in denial Mm. because you're feeling an emotion called fear. Right. And that doesn't mean you're weak. It means, it means you're human. Right. I mean, if, if we weren't feeling whether it's ambient anxiety now or high grade fear or pain, or if we weren't, Anyone who's not feeling that right now at some level is, is probably dissociated from their emotions. Mm. So positive thinking is incredibly important, but not at the price of, 
emotional denial. Mm. And I think I think a fully functioning person right now is acknowledging what we're feeling, processing through it in a healthy way, and then once once we're clear, moving into optimism and all those kinds of things. And by the way, we talked about digital dementia, and I was really encouraging people to, to use this time to be creative, to do your masterwork, to launch, to, to write your screenplay, write your poetry, launch a new book, build, uh, build your business, build a better character. You know, use this difficult time to be like Marcus Aurelius, you know, we're at war. Well, use being at war to strengthen your heart, strengthen your mind, look at the false beliefs that are activated. Look at the fear that comes up. Pray about it. Meditate about it. Journal about it. Work with the healer through it so that you come out of the pandemic born anew Mm. as a leader, performer, warrior, and public servant. Mm. But I think it's not only using this difficult time, it's also, you know, embracing what is. And I think that's very important. So positive thinking is important. Getting, you know, finding the quiet time. But... I'd also say avoid the news, you know? Well, sorry, Robin, I'll just, I'll pick up on that in one second. Robin, that's what makes you and your teachings and your writing so different than the vast majority of uh, leadership, um, you know, uh, coaches, uh, icons, gurus, whatever you want to call them in the world, is that you actually write in parables in, in, in many of your books. And, and I love, I mean, the story just was so easy to read and it resonates, the spellbinder and the, the homeless man that is actually Mr. Riley, who, you know, is the billionaire and the artist with, you know, the, the, the uncertainty and the, the entrepreneur who has just had her, her company, you know, challenged and taken away from her. And you, you, you write in such a way that it's so easy to write, uh, to read and the lessons are so easy to understand and adapt. You, you've said unexpressed emotions will never die. And I think what you do better than anybody else is, is you're not just coaching, hey, you got to get it in your head. And if you live in your head, you're dead. And you're so far beyond that, right? By bringing in the mindset, the health set, and the soul set. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's one of the most unique perspectives ever captured that I've ever re- read. And I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. So congratulations, you know, on that. Why do you write in parables? Do you find it resonates better? Do you tell the story better? Well, I think as human beings, we all, we've learned around the campfire on Savannah tens of thousands of years ago. We, we learned through stories. When mm. we were growing up, our parents probably shared stories. So I write you know, the 5M club or the monk who sold the Ferrari and stories. But if, if I may, you, you speak about heart set again, you know, mm. and like I, I've read those positive thinking books and those pundits are incredible. And I want to express how much, you know, I think about Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking. I think right now there are so many gurus who talk about mindset. Many of them are my friends and, and they're wonderful people. And mm. I, I speak with great respect, but for me, I just, I just, it, I just, re, for me, I think we're more than just mind. There's, there's the mind, there's the heart, there's the body and the spirit. Now, if anyone who's watching is saying, well, Robin, we're elite performers. We're titans of our industry. We want to build world-class businesses. Teach us about your productivity ideas. And I talk a lot about them in the book, but I just want to make some key points here. One of the reasons we are not productive is because we are at war. Mm. 
we know intellectually in our mindset what we do. We've read the books. We listen to the podcast. We've been to the, the event, the live events. But we have a secret hidden well of hurt. All this unprocessed, unprocessed emotion. I think to me, I hope I explain this clearly because this is the missing link, I think, in it to elite performance. We, we know what to do. But we have all this micro trauma and macro trauma that we've picked up living life, divorces, uh, illnesses, conflict, ma ma macro trauma or micro trauma, right. people cutting us off in traffic, et cetera. And our society says, stuff it down. And Carl <laughs> Jung, the eminent psychologist said, that which you put repress comes back to haunt you in unhealthy ways. And so most people have this repressed, uh, Carl Jung called it the shadow side. We have this repressed darkness within us, which is an energy field. And so we have these wonderful intentions, building a great business, being great human beings, reading all these books, getting fit, being loving people. But we wonder why we're in self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. And so what, I'm, what I believe is the, the missing link is we're living in our heads, but we're not feeling. And it's not until you purify what I call in the 5M club, your heart set. When you purify that, you not only release shame, guilt, disappointment, fear. You actually re, 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 rebuild your relationship with joy, wonder, love, honor. Mm -hmm. And if every leader on the planet worked on their heart set and their health set and their mindset and their health set and their soul set, we would remember we're all connected. We're all brothers and sisters on a little planet. We would protect the planet. We would treat each other with love. We would do work that was that reflected our magic and our love. And here's the real key. We would love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we loved ourselves, we, we wouldn't think negative thoughts. We wouldn't use bad words. We wouldn't mistreat other humans. We wouldn't degrade our work by dismissing it as trivial. We, we would be who we truly are. And I'm writing a new book right now, and this is really what the new book is about. It's about remembering who you truly are so we can build a better planet uh, and, of course, a better life, life for our, ourselves. I hope, I hope that makes sense, and I hope oh, I sure didn't does. take you no. off in a... You did not know. It was absolutely just, just extraordinary. Thank you. Um, I want to just really quickly go back. There's two things I want to hit. And as we sort of uh, wind down here in the next few minutes, um, one of the uh, viewers, and by the way, guys, uh, please uh, post, make comments, social media. We're going to give away all these books and uh, I'm going to give away a hundred now, actually. I just, I'm hearing this and this needs to be in the hands of, of more of you. So please make a comment. Um, I want to talk to you about observation. I always say to people, you know, it's not what you say. It's, it's what other people observe. And, you know, I, I sort of look in your world and and i see your son colby uh, has just written his first book right the curveball this motivational curve story the curveball right yeah this motivational story about a struggling baseball player oh, who overcomes challenges in his life and he has to have grown up i i've heard you speak about you know how important being an amazing father is and how family is so important to you and it's always about what we it's not about what we say to our kids it's what they observe us doing so maybe maybe just you know talk to us about uh, Colby's book and what he's doing and your thoughts around family uh, and observation, whether it's from your team, whether it's from people in your lives, whether it's from your kids, how impactful that is for what they witness, what you actually do and how you actually behave. Well, 
you know, Gary, if I was half the man, if I was half the person my children are, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be amazing. And I just want to um, appreciate you for mentioning my son's book and showing that image. Like that's, that's a very kind thing for you to do. And um, I'm just so proud of Colby for releasing that book. It came out a, a few months ago. It's on Amazon and, and the feedback has been incredible on the curveball. So look, I think <clears throat> I've worked with a lot of super rich people and I think ROI, financial ROI is important, but what about, mm. what about the ROI on happiness? What about mm. the ROI on who you are as a person? What about spiritual ROI? And I've, I've met so many super rich people and all they have is money. Now, I, I want to be very clear. Is it important to make money and be prosperous? Without a doubt. It, it gives you much more freedom. It allows you to do amazing things for your family. It allows you to do amazing things for the planet. But if money becomes one's God, I think it's a very dangerous trap. And I've met a lot of billionaires who say, I have all the planes, all the homes, all the jets, <laughs> all, all the pleasures of the world, but I don't know my children. And I think with, with, with children, you've got a little window of opportunity. And once I, I know, like we all want to do amazing things in business and in, in our creativity. But if we lose that window with the kids and they become, you know, adults, it's really hard to open the window up again. And so I think, you know, and it's, it's, it speaks to our partners as well. I mean, family to me is almost everything. And um, I just would, if anyone asked me what's one of the most important things in, in, in life, I'd say, you know, build your fortune, build your, build your enterprise, build your, your monuments, but bring your family with you. And I, I think in particular with children, we're not just parents, we're, we, we must be developers of our children. I think it's important when things open up, we take them to see the Mona Lisa. We take them to the Coliseum. We take them to, to great art galleries and great libraries, and we influence them and we shape them. So when they leave us, they become these kind, thoughtful, interesting, educated adults. Incredible. And I mean, I think that, you know, as I said, when I started off, you are such an example of, of living that life. Thank you for that. I, I read somewhere and maybe it was, you know, uh, from you uh, along the way, Robin, if the only thing you have in life is well, you're actually very poor. Right. And I think it's I think it's so, uh, so powerful. Such a great message. Thank you for that. Um, well, listen, we just got a couple minutes left, so um, we'll sort of wind it down uh, by this. Um, Robin, if, if you're on this call right now and you're, and you're listening and there's, there's one message that you could, uh, you know, give to any of our listeners about where to start, how to start first steps, uh, a, will that be? And, and the last question that I, I want to leave you with is what does Robin Sharma in, in your world define as, as greatness? What, what, what is, what is the epitome? What is, what is, you know, the point where you go? This has been an incredibly fulfilling life. How do you define that? Okay, so I heard Gary two questions. One is where do we start, and then how do I define greatness? I think where you start, what, you know, 
one of the most honest things I can share is join the 5 a.m. club. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you don't get up at 5 a.m. and then check your notifications or watch the news. I, I just want to emphasize a lot of people right now, they've become addicted to the news. But the job of the news is to frighten you. There's actually been good research by positive psychologists who say people who watch the news each day actually see less of what the world really is than the truth. People say, oh, I read, I watch the news to find, so I'm on top of what's, what's truly going on. Well, well, it, the news doesn't show you all the good that's happening. Mm. So the starting point, I would say, is get up at 5 a.m. and do the 20-20-20 formula and all the other rituals I, I walk people through in the 5 a.m. club book. Because the way you begin your day has an outsized impact on the way your day unfolds. The way you start your mornings set you up cognitively, physically, emotionally, spiritually to live a much better day. We are in a very difficult time right now. Taking that one hour that I call the victory hour to to strengthen yourself makes your days much better. Consistently great days lead to consistently great weeks months, quarters, years, decades. The minimum viable amount of mastery is getting that first hour of your morning to absolute world-class. That is the game changer. How do, how do I define greatness? I, I, you know, I, you were very kind to mention the greatness side in the introduction. Uh, I also wrote a book called Who Will Cry When You Die, which yeah. talked about legacy. And I got, I got to tell you, Gary, right now it the age that I'm at, greatness, legacy means a lot less to me because those are almost ego pursuits. Mm. You know, it's like, I'll be great. And well, a lot of the great kings and queens of history that thought they were so great aren't even remembered now. And I think Mm. it's much more important than worrying about greatness and legacy to be a good human being on the planet while we get to live. And I mentioned my dad at the outset. He's 83, as I said, and he's had a huge influence on me. When I was growing up, he always used to say, Robin, when you were born, you cried while the world's rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. And so if you were to ask me, what is greatness? I, I would say losing yourself and, and doing your best to serve the world. I would say greatness is not worrying about greatness. Greatness is about being a, being an instrument of helpfulness to people. Even even if you're baking bread or driving an Uber or you know the frontline workers right now, or it's it, to me it's it's serve while you get to live, because we no matter how long we get to live, the human journey is a is a pretty fast ride. Mm. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, there you have it, folks. I I couldn't have been uh, more engaged and had more fun than I had with you today, Rob. But I love that. Be a good human being while we get to live, right? Uh, It's absolutely extraordinary. And uh, we are, on behalf of uh, myself personally, my leadership team, everyone watching this right now, our viewers and our viewers and our referral partners and our agents and professionals and our partner, First National, just an awesome partner to us and sponsor. Um, I just want you to know, Robin, and I know you hear this a lot, just how unbelievably fortunate 
uh, we feel to have had an hour of your time and to Thank have you. you share uh, this with us. I I have goosebumps. I, I will continue to always be an incredibly uh, loyal follower to you. Um, I'm I'm looking for ways now how to do more with you and more with your teachings. It's it's absolutely incredible. So thank you on behalf of all of us uh, for being here today. Um, uh, if you could hang on afterwards, we'll just uh, we'll stay on for a minute or two, you and I. Uh, but to all of you on the Level Up uh, program, thank you again for uh, for joining us. This is something that we're doing every single month, and we're going to continue. And we have some of the best you know speakers in the world again lined up here. Uh, I don't know you know how we're going to match you know Robin today and and Robin's charisma and message and sincerity and authenticity, but we're going to work incredibly uh, hard trying for you. So thank you, thank you for being part of DLC, part of Team Blue, uh, and thank you for. Uh, making us proud serving uh, Canadians. If you're getting your mortgage anywhere else, you're probably paying too much. Please post, please share on social media. And uh, Tara will be sending out books, a hundred of them. We're going to send out a combination of the Curveball and the 5 a.m. Club. And uh, please check both these books out if you haven't. Incredibly important to me. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.